Get in, loser. We're going to book club. This is our whole deal. We're friends who read books. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Renee. And welcome to Crybaby Books. How's it going, Renee? It's going well. I'm trying to think of something else to say other than it's going well, because it's going well is my default, but it is going well. It's today I skied with Santa, so maybe it's going better than well. Okay, that sounds like a scene from Elf, which I just finished watching. Santa? So... We pull up, and I hear I hear a jingling. I hear a jingling of bells. And I'm you hear like, the bells. I'm like, could it be? Um, <laughs> and there's Santa, and he's looking for people to ride in the chairlift with him because they're doing like some kind of photo op. And I immediately am like, Dylan, like elbow Dylan. And I'm like, come on, let's sit with Santa. He's like, six people. And then he's like, six children. And like, am I not? D- Are you calling me old, Santa? Because he did not want adults to sit with Santa, We are all Santa's children. Apparently not. So they, uh, we went first, and then Santa and the brats um, were behind us on the lift. And I took a little picture of Santa and his children, his preferred <laughs> children. Um, they call that the nice list. They said Santa was going to ski from like 10 to 2 or something, so I knew that. I knew I'd see him at least once, but Elise is super scared of Santa, so I kept her. Why is she scared? Man in suit? Um, she's got a thing about men. <laughs> Slay, me too. <laughs> I told you about, like, the guy in the pool. There's no men in the pool when she's there. He's a lifeguard. Right. Doesn't matter. Go yeah, away. Yeah, get him out. So, skied with Santa. Dylan and I had, like, a long date day, and the weather was amazing, and now I um, am in a like manic pre-Christmas episode, but it, no more manic than this book. So. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. Gar- compared to this book, you're probably so chill right now. I had my manic pre-Christmas episode earlier today where I was like, I just, I feel like I'm the best gift picker outer. I feel like that's the reason I was put on this earth. And I couldn't figure out the last gift that I needed to do. And I was panicking. And I was like, this is for the person that I know best in the world. I know nobody more than I know this person. This is the most grateful person I could possibly buy a gift for. Why am I blanking? But then you did it and it's great. Then I did it and it's great. But listen, in the moment, in the manic moment, you're never like, I'm going to figure this out. Where you kept circling. Yeah. You went back and you looked again, and then you walked away, and then you went back and you looked again. Yep. I held one thing in a store for literally 45 minutes and then put it down, bought myself something, and left. You know, it was that kind of it was that kind of shopping day. But you know what? Figured it out. It's under the tree. Uh, this is this is the last work duty. I say work, but this is the work that I do for fun before I get to just sleep in tomorrow. Ask John to go get us some donuts and just love it vibe so i'm excited this morning um so we're really obsessed with miko's um miko's gosh they were something before and i know the lafayette listeners are gonna be like they were blah 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 before but they were something else before was it maybe cajun donut market i don't they were something before Mm -hmm. they rebrand 
rebranded, reopened up, and they do all these crazy, like, artisanal, beautiful, crazy donuts. And they do, like, some seasonal flavors. Christmas tree cake is one. Believe it or not, I haven't tried it, even though I'm the queen of the Christmas tree cakes. Gotta do it. There's, like, a really beautiful cranberry cream one that's really, looks really good. And there's another one that's, like, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce it. You know those chocolates that are spiky, and they come in, like, a... They're like wrapped in gold and they come in like a tree. There's Farash. Farash. A Ferrero Rocher. There we are. <laughs> they're not spiky. Yeah, they have, they're bumpy. And then they're, they're sitting. They're bumpy. I'm picturing the COVID germ. <laughs> That's spiky. not that far off as far as you, as far as if you ask me. But anyway, so. Is. That's the last um, flavor, which I'm not interested in. But um, they also, they're regular, just plain glazed. They're really amazing. Have you had those? They're pretty good. I've had them, but ever since I was a child, I always looked at it. And I was like, God, I wish I knew what that fancy thing tasted like. And then I tried it as an adult. And I was like, all of those years of wanting and wishing. And That's it's this. Every time I went to a world market looking at the, the candy, I was like, oh, one day when I'm older. I'll I'll buy myself this. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I'll just have mini (laughs) M&Ms. The way I go to World Market every day. Anyways, (laughs) this is, listen, who are you? My accountant? Let me live. Um, Okay. Christmas craziness. Perfect segue into the craziest holiday book. I feel like it's going to get everybody in the holiday spirit if you're not already there. And you know what? If you're not a Christmas gal, maybe you're a Hanukkah gal. If you're not a Hanukkah gal, maybe you're a Ramadan gal. If you're a winter solstice gal, this also might be for you. And if you're a boy, why are you still listening? You know what I mean? <laughs> Santa included. Get Santa. Bent. Santa, get bent. Whatever that means. It sounds like cool snowboarder language. Oh, my God. I'm not a snowboarder. <laughs> but it does sound like it. Like, like, a, like, like some Johnny Tsunami would say. I feel like he snowboards, probably. He does. I'm trying to, I'm sorry. I'm going to pivot. I'm trying to plan a Johnny Tsunami snowboarding day. I don't know how to snowboard um, at all. And I want to do it in spring when it's warm out and we can wear Hawaiian shirts and rent a snowboard for a day and go snowboarding or like try. But I think it's going to be really, um, I don't think it's going to go well. But I think what? That sounds fun. so fun. What's snowboarding going to go wrong? Hard. And when you fall, you fall on your head. Um, wear a helmet. Yeah, I do wear a helmet, but I still don't want to repeatedly fall on my head. Wear a motorcycle helmet. Um, Big I helmet. did that last season, and all I did was look goofy. So goodbye. <laughs> okay, well, don't do it. Sounds like it sucks. Okay, maybe you should just lay on the couch and watch Johnny Tsunami. Okay, <laughs> this book is written by Lindsay's girl. I don't know if I'd call her that. Three holidays and a wedding, written by Uzma Jalaluddin and Marissa Stapley. Also known as Marissa Knox. Is it Marissa? Maggie Knox. Mrs. No- Maggie Knox. You son of a bitch. Maggie Knox. Maggie Knox. Listeners. Maggie. Maggie. Maggie, I know you're not listening because you're not real. <laughs> Marissa. Okay. I hated All I Want for Christmas by Maggie Knox. As noted in our last episode. Our last episode, I talked about it. I was trying to be polite because I know everyone loves it when we're haters. But I also am like, this is someone's work. They try very hard. But I just like really hated that book. And 
I'm halfway through three holidays in a wedding and my cat is smashing his face. He loves when I'm laying down and reading because he can smash his face on the spine and like scratch his face with a book. So all my books are like covered in cat hair. And uh, he does that. The book flops against my face. I lose my place. I go to reopen it and I land on the author's page. And I was the like, oh, she's pretty. Mag- Marissa, I'm sorry. It's the last page in the book. It's the so last like, page in the book. It's, it's like the back cover. It's the back cover, and she's wearing a leather jacket, and she's holding it in her hands. <laughs> Look again. Look at her hands. She's holding the jacket. Listen, I didn't expect for this book to give me an enemy, but it did. Because I hated All I Want for Christmas so much, and I was like, it's fine. I just know not to read any more Maggie Knox books because there were so many things about it that I didn't like. I didn't like the plot points. I didn't like the writing style. I didn't like any of the themes. I thought that the characters were not very well thought out. They were very wishy-washy. I hated everyone. I didn't like the audio production. I just was, I had a terrible time with that book. Tell me why, listeners, halfway through this damn book, Unbeknownst to me, my cat probably knew. That's probably why he, like, knocked the book out of my hands because he recognized her. I look at that page, and it's, like, also known for writing under the pseudonym Maggie Knox for All I Want for Christmas. And I was, like, "Ah." she's only used that pseudonym for two books. And, like, this is a Christmas book, and she's not using. So my thing is, how many more names do I have to look out for? Maggie Knoxville and the thing is now that I know that she made that name up and it's a book about Nashville she like it makes me that much more mad that she made her name Maggie Knox because I'm like why what was wrong with calling yourself Maggie Nash if you want to be so on the fucking nose you don't want no relation to Johnny Knoxville I got so I'm I I, you can tell probably how worked up I got so worked up and I'm just like, you really, you really went with Johnny Knoxville's second cousin, Maggie Knox. I wish that we could use the like intro for (laughs) this episode and be like, I'm assuming that's Jackass. Get Um, in, loser. We're going to book club. Get in, loser. We're going to Jackass by Maggie Knoxville. Um, Here's the thing. I hated that. So anyway, Lindsay was bamboozled and sent me... (laughs) A very long audio message, and it the it was two. The first one was short. It was like you're never gonna fucking believe what I'm about to tell you. And here I am thinking like, God, what is this TMZ? Like, I love it. I can't wait to hear what she, what am I not gonna believe? And then it was this. And yeah. then I was like, you know, the the qualms that you had with. All in December. Or all I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas. Um, about the knock about Nashville and like describing it, I was like, I'm having this is making sense because I'm getting like, the more I read, the more I'm like, okay, I get it. Stop. Okay, I get it. Okay, ugly sweaters are us. Um, yeah. Okay, I get it. Small yeah. Town. It's like they're they're like slapping you in the face with it. Right. Where I'm just like, you don't have to over explain. This, like it to me I I understood the first time the second time maybe 10 chapters later just to remind us did I need it 12 times no let's on that note <laughs> first impressions and expectations let's hear it. you go first okay the first note that I made in my phone was Nick is already giving me the ick on page seven. Oh my god my note was like Nick is giving me the ick on page three <laughs> 
he he's complaint he's insulting her coffee breath and yeah. he keeps saying over and over that the day needs to go like clockwork and like he keeps telling her she's perfect she's perfect and she's like um i have this worry and he's like nah nah no you don't you're perfect and that just made me feel so weird and icky um so i was kind of expecting his toxic behavior like i was like okay they're introducing that he's toxic but then later, as I'm reading and I'm realizing it's Maggie Knox, I'm like, is she, are we supposed to like the toxic guy? Does she know she's writing him toxic? Because the other one, he was like the hero of the book, but he was super toxic to you. But yeah, so hated him for sure. I will say that I was very excited to read this book because I wanted to learn more about Hanukkah traditions and more about Eid and Ramadan. And I will say that... I did learn a lot about Ramadan that I didn't know. Agreed. And and then looking up like pronunciations and looking up like what different symbolism meant. And the book even like has some Muslim like words in it. And like 90% of the time it would like explain what it was, like not in parentheses. Like it would say something and then it would say, I don't know. The traditional dress that the bride wears like it would it would like explain it so it felt like i was learning a lot and that's what i was hoping for so i will give that in the in the pros column pros column yeah. tell me your first impressions and expectations my expectations were high because i did not think i know it says three holidays and a wedding but when i started reading i was like oh this isn't like um they fall for each other and everybody falls in love like this is about two women who are different and they're gonna have like this little self-discovery moment um which happened kind of but the last like for me the book took a huge nosedive I would say the last like quarter of it and I had like things that I was annoyed a little bit annoyed with during like while reading the the overdoing it of the town the small town being non-conservative is like made me like my head wanted to explode um <laughs> that really missed the mark and i didn't even care at the end to read like she's going to go visit um anna is going to go visit what's his name clay i don't even remember in um josh tenenbaum josh tenenbaum what's his other name Clay Taylor, Cliff Taylor. Nope. Corey. T- Something Taylor. Anyway, Casey. I don't know. <laughs> Chad. I finished. I finished this two days ago, and I can't remember his name. So I didn't like that she was like, "I'm not gonna stop being myself and just go f- head over heels for another man," and then it was like, essentially, his big thumb wrapped around her. God, that was a callback, listeners, to All I Want for Christmas that um, gave me the ick. And then I just, I wanted a little bit more for the women. I didn't want it to be like, oh, I did find someone who I love. Yeah, I get um, that. But I did really like the traditions that I learned about. Mm-hmm. And I did really like the female, the unlikely friends mm-hmm. part of the story. And my favorite not plot point but it's a question that we asked that we put for later but i'm gonna bring it up now so dadu asks or dadu is telling anna about traditions and fasting and that he 
you know, he asks her if she's ever fasted before, and she says that, yes, yeah, she did for Hanukkah with her ex-stepmom, which was a whole plot that I didn't need in this story. Um, <laughs> and he's like, well, it doesn't just have to be food. Like, you can fast from other things. You could fast from worrying. And that sentiment was so sweet. And yeah, I will also be fasting from worry. That's why I'm not stressed out about not being packed for my trip tomorrow morning on Christmas. I. I love that so much. Yeah, I love the daddy dynamic. Uh, we can get into that too when we're talking about characters and stuff. But I want to go back to you a little bit about what you were talking about, the small towns. So the author in this book really wanted us to fall in love with Snowfalls. I thought that Three Holidays and a Wedding was an interesting title. I understood immediately what it was about. But the book was about Snowfalls. You know what I mean? And this like magical little town of Snowfalls and it's super diverse and there's Portuguese restaurant, a Latin restaurant. There's a friggin' Pakistani bakery, and there's all this stuff. And in a town that like forty people live in. So it's tr- I, I I kind of view it a couple different ways, right? So we're from small towns, Renee and I. We're from the south. I've lived in small towns in the north and the south. I lived in Nashville. It's a big city. That's a small town too. And you're gonna find racism in all of them, right? But the smaller the town, it's almost always the more conservative it is because these are little pockets of faith and religion, whatever. But on the other hand of that, I feel like, I don't know if what I just said makes sense, but on the other hand of that, I was like, okay, I'm reading a holiday book and I need some escapism. I need to fully escape into this imaginary world. And I do think that maybe that could be what they were going for of, like, kept, full. I think if you didn't bring up every, like, three minutes that, like, hmm, she thought to herself, this is not what I expected <laughs> from the real yeah. world. Like, if we could have talked about it and not had the inner dialogue of, like, right. isn't this so bizarre? Yeah, they definitely kept hitting us over the head with it that I liked that it was a super diverse town and they had a lot of different diverse businesses. They had like a almost like a makeshift mosque, right? Mm -hmm. And like under one of the businesses, too. I loved that. I kind of wish it was one of those things where, um, gosh, what's that town in the show that we like with Jack? (laughs) Virgin (laughs) River. Yes. Virgin River, they don't really talk about how magical Virgin River is. It's like you they talk about the water and the snow and they talk about the forest and they talk about the hiking, but they're not like don't they're you not know like how special this river is. Exactly. And so I feel like I liked that they added all of the diversity as a way of like, well, if we're making up a story, we might as well make up this like utopia. Um, but as I've experienced with this author already, I feel like she, her or her editors or her publishing company, whoever it was, like, is really worried that we're not going to get it. So they have to keep telling us. And it's like, when they first, she first starts walking by and she's like, oh, like, the first night they have, like, ketchup packets and, like, crackers. They don't have, like, they they can't find any food that they're allowed to eat, right? And so, and then, then the next day they go looking for food. They find all of these options that they can eat. All of them are Muslim friendly and they recognize the holidays and the people are very respectful. I could have, it could have just been that. And then I could on my own think. Have a happy Wow. 
Yeah, I could on my on my own be like, oh, I love that this small town is so diverse. I didn't need someone every chapter to say, don't you love how this small town is so diverse? <laughs> don't you love how the small town is so diverse? I know. I was like, let me like it before over explaining it to me, I guess. So I, I like that they did it. I like that it was done. I just think it could have been done a little bit more tactfully. That could let us stay kind of like present in snowfalls without constantly being hit over the head with it, you know? Agreed. Kind of like I'm hitting y'all over the head with the phrase hitting over the head with it. And on that note, um, <laughs> I'm, I'd like to hit over the head with there were some discussion questions in the back of the book. So usually or typically Lindsay and I do like book club style questions and that we, you know, we just pick a couple from the list and bounce back and forth between each other. But first... There were some questions from the back of the book, and most of them were trash. However, I must know, which character would you most want to be stuck with in Snow Falls, and what would you do together? Dadu. Same. I would take him sledding. (laughs) I just want to be hanging out with Dadu, and I just want to be asking him questions by the fire and drinking hot chocolate and just, like, learning about his, like, career in the film industry and... He has such good, um, he just has such good spirit and he gives such amazing advice and he like really connects with everyone in different ways. And I love that. Yeah. And I don't like, I have a really big family, but I don't have a member of my family that's like that. Just like this old fount of knowledge who just is super accepting and sees everything as it's going on. Like, how can I say this? So, like, he notices that Miriam is the one who's shouldering the weight and the responsibility of the family. She thinks that she's the only one that knows that she does that. And she's like, I'm so overlooked and right. I'm and so like, stressed no, out. I see you all the time. He's like, no, you're doing too much. You need to sit down. And she's like, no, no, then this won't happen. And he's like, then that won't happen. It's not the end of the world. And I think that there there's something really generous about the way that he teaches people about themselves in a way that's very loving and accepting. I would just want to just be around him and just talk to him and just get advice from him about everything. Just tell me about everything. What do you think I need to know? Tell me. And the way that she described him, like he likes to just, he was sitting in the lobby and like waiting for people to pass to like say hello to and just, and just speak with. And yeah, just a friendly old man. Yeah, I loved him. I loved him. You would take him sledding? Yeah. I love that. I would. I also thought Safe was cool. Like, I thought I loved Safe, the um, Miriam's love interest. I thought he was cool. He was, like, kind of cheeky. I thought that he, like, had this really crazy dream that, you know, and he was very self-aware, and I liked that, too, but uh, not enough to spend time with him. It would be daddy for sure. Not enough to spend time with him. No. <laughs> um, which character would you least want to spend time with? Fucking Saima. Oh, my God. Yeah, she drove me agreed. crazy. Such a spoiled, rotten brat. Very spoiled, rotten brat. And then at the end, to be like, I planned I did this it wedding for you. because you were so sad because you're divorced. I needed to get you you're out divorced, of... so I'm going to get married during a secret holiday time. Yeah, I needed to get you out of your rut, and so I told you to plan this wedding for me. That was well, so and then annoying. she was like, oh my god, I can't believe my 
my sister did that for me. And I was like, womp womp. You just went down like 10 points in my own book. Well, she also, you might have skimmed over this part, but she also did like, she was initially impressed. And then she was like, hold on. You've been spoiled rotten this entire time and you've been treating me horribly. Remember when you wanted our grandparent to walk 10 miles in six feet of snow to an airport to sleep there? That wasn't for me. That's be- that's because you're stubborn and you refuse to think about other people. And Simon was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, but still I did it for you, so you should be thankful. There were some things, and I don't know if this question is going to pop up, but there were some things in the book that I wanted m- more from. So yeah. like the ceremony, like the pre-wedding ceremony where the girls get together and they dance, they mm-hmm. like talked about it and talked about it. And then there was like one sentence like from – yeah, it was like all the girls got together and sang and danced. And then afterwards, we went outside, and I was like, wait, hold on. Yeah. I want, yeah, it was almost I love like dancing. they used it. Tell me more. It's almost like they used moments like that as a transition. So, so instead, like they wanted to spend so much time on the dialogue, but I'm like, well, the, the you, same thing happened with the play. Like the, the right, holiday right. play was like, tell a me the huge story. Plot point. And then I got three sentences about Ebenezer or the woman Ebenezer and like the holiday haunts or whatever um, they're called in this book. But I was like, no, I (laughs) describe the play for me. I'm invested Yeah, I totally agree with you there because they would be they we would have these incredibly detailed scenes in a hotel room as one person can't sleep for an entire chapter. But then the Mendy party. That, like, we're girls reading about girls being friends. We want to hear about the girls being friends at the party while they dance and they dress up and they get, like, And then she's like, I bought all these decorations. Now I have all the decorations for the party. Describe them for me. I want to know what the party looked like. Yeah. I love parties. Tell me more. I agree. I think that that was definitely a missed opportunity from the book, too. But, but again, I did like that I learned what a minty was and, like, what they were doing and what it was for and how much excitement there was, like, leading up to it. Um, that felt really special. I thought about all the henna tattoos that I've gotten at Festival International. Uh, <laughs> I can't say I've ever done that. Can't say I've ever let a white girl with dreadlocks put henna on my body. <laughs> or read my tea leaves. Lord have mercy. White people, we're the problem. We're the problem. Okay. <laughs> uh. um, okay, so what... What do you think? Like, were you, like, hooked from the beginning for this book? Or was it kind of a slow burn? Did it take you a while to get into it? I was hooked for the first. Um, so, listeners, I read the book, like, two days before we talk about it. Yeah. Brene's a fast reader. And I, we were supposed to record on a different day. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book today. And so I sat down and read like three-fourths of the book, maybe a little bit less. <laughs> um, and then we were like, actually, Saturday works better. Let's do Saturday. And so then I put the book down. And when I went to pick the book back up, I was like, gosh, this sucks. <laughs> I wish I was at the end. Not because I want to know what happens, but I want it to be done. But when the first, like the day that I picked it up to read the bulk of it, I was like, oh, this is so cute, and I really like it, and I'm so excited, and then I think I was just a little bit jaded. Yeah, I, you know, I 
I feel similarly. Like, when I first started the book, I thought, like, I was really loving it. I was having the Christmas movie, like, magic was happening for me. Um, I would say until, like, the halfway mark. Then it, I felt a little bit more like a chore picking it up, a little bit more like a chore. And I found myself kind of like, ooh, I hate to say this, but I did find myself skimming some parts because I was like, I just know that this doesn't have any meat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. Well, you know what part, part I skimmed? I thought this is her sister. She was just like, oh, yeah, I love it. This is like the um, last like 10 pages, though. Yeah, I also am, like, pretty sensitive to sister drama as someone who has a sister and a lot of drama with her. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I that's probably one of the first times in reading history for me that I felt, like, skimming apart because there was just so much fluff that I was like, you have enough story here that I don't need this much fluff. I don't need you to explain the obvious feeling that she is feeling. Right. You know? Uh, but then there were parts that were really funny for me, too. Like, there were parts, like, uh, and again, most of them are in the beginning. Like, when um, they get to the inn and Safe is at the bar and he turns around as they walk in and he goes, Miriam? And she goes, where? <laughs> <laughs> I did like that, too. I was like, girl, that's funny. That was good. Where? You, I no. laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. Um but yeah, but and then in the beginning they they spend a lot of time like Sima calls Miriam like Borium or Borium. I'm not sure how they want like we're supposed to pronounce yeah. the like made up nickname, but like boring Miriam. And she keeps telling herself in her head for the first half of the book, not the whole book. She keeps telling herself in her head, like, no, I'm not going to be boring. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take, I'm going to call myself, take a chance. Your sister is boring. The one who like got married early and had like a scandalous divorce. Boring. That is not boring at all. It's not boring. Also pharmacists. There's like a thousand documentaries about pharmacists. I'm sorry, but they're dealing with drugs all the time. They're very interesting. Not boring. Um, But also anyone. Okay. This might be too like trauma dumping for the pod, but I will say. As someone whose family has done similar things, not that they've called me boring, but they have, like, told me their perceived truth about me. Like, I'm a picky eater. They've told me my whole life I'm a picky eater. Well, that's just because you're a picky eater. And I adopted that truth and would kind of feel shame about it. Until adulthood, I realized that I actually really like trying new food and I really like vegetables and I really like all of the things when they're prepared the right way. And so... I felt very, like, sensitive to her experience of um, hearing something about herself and believing it in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? Like, no no one was like, you're so strong for going through what you went through. And she's like, you're right, I am strong. They're like, you're so boring. Yeah. And so I I felt that for her, though. Like, that that kind of, like, but then the side of her, like, the eldest daughter i'm sure you guys are all like like familiar with eldest daughter experience every eldest daughter i know this might lose me some friends but the eldest daughters i know that act like they have eldest daughter syndrome do not need to they do that like much to the chagrin of their family they're super controlling and oftentimes manipulative to make sure that things go the way that they think they need to go in their brain i'm sure that's due to all of the trauma of being leaned on when you're very young, but whatever. But I, I started to see that in Miriam too. I started to see her like 
trying to fix problems like that her family definitely relied on her to fix a lot of problems in ways that they shouldn't have but then she started trying to fix problems that didn't need to be fixed or like nobody asked her to she just kind of started doing the things and then resenting the people she was doing it for yeah and I was kind of like okay eldest daughter sometimes you need to like what part are you contributing to that dynamic you know yeah Maybe I'm reading into it too much. But I'm a reader. What can I say? This, this, this is the whole point. This is so <laughs> Okay. Other than this, because I have similar feelings about when people say something to you forever and then you believe it. Yeah. Um, were there any other storylines that you would have taken out of the book if it were up to you? I think that two things. Okay. I think that I didn't need to know as much about Nick's family. Like, he, everybody kept blaming it on his family. His family is already not pleased. His mother is not pleased. His family plan, blah, 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 blah. It's too many families to keep in to like keep yeah. track of. But I also didn't want, um, gosh, what was his name? Hiraj, uh, Saima's fiance. I didn't like that they landed and they were immediately rude too. Like, I don't think we needed also to learn about two sets of in-laws that like didn't like the bride or didn't like the woman or were controlling or whatever Mm. i understand believe me i understand (laughs) not getting along with your in-laws but i just thought with how many families and how many characters we had going on i don't think i needed the nick's family is like really putting pressure on anna um, yeah, Haraj's family. Both sides. Haraj's family was like being really mean to Miriam, and then they landed on the private jet, and they were still unimpressed. I, I just was like, "This is too much. You're giving me too much. Like, trim the fat, give me some meat." You know? Yeah. How about you? I um, same about Nick's family. I didn't need to know how upset his mother would be. Um, I also didn't need and I guess it was important to like Anna's development but the way that she talked about like her ex-stepmother and yeah like describing the death of her parents and the death of this person and I was just like oh this mm." a book that already started with the premise of plane turbulence need not have lots of like casual death mentioned yeah and that was hard too because her Listeners, so what happened is Anna was very close with her father. Her mom died at a very young age. Her father remarried when she was really young, and she's really close with her stepmother, too. Well, then in recent years, her father, her biological father died, and her stepmom a year or two later remarries. remarries. And so she calls her her ex-stepmom. That, like, like I have – I call him, like, my first stepdad. We call him Papa. And then I have a second stepdad that we just call by his name. But – I don't call him my ex stepdad. Like he right. raised me. It's not your like he raised boyfriend. Me. It's not like you're no longer it. it you know what I little... mean? And as I've had so many step parents in my life, I've had step moms, I've had step dads, whatever. I just like they're not let they're not not your parent anymore. They like stay. They stay. Especially you know, you know it's, what I'm trying it, to say. Like, if it's because the other parent died, like that. It's exactly like scrap if, you of the role. I, I thought it was. Yeah, and if God forbid my mom passed away, knock on wood that she lives a long, healthy life, she'll probably outlive all of us. But 
I like my first stepdad who raised my sister and I like that would make me want to be closer to him because he knew her as well. Like he they were in a relationship for most of my life. And so I can't it was really hard for me to to understand her resentment towards her stepmom for moving on. And she's like, that's my ex stepmom. I'm not even going to open a letter from her. I'm an orphan now. Like why? I didn't. didn't, Uh, Yeah, that hurt. Josh Tannenbaum's backstory. I also was. The movie was not interesting to me. I I hate to say it, but the movie, one night in Christmas and two nights in Christmas or whatever it was called, I didn't. I didn't think that that was interesting. He could have just been a hot guy, or he could have been like a hot hockey player. Yeah, why wasn't he a hockey player? Give me a hockey player. Wants to. I. And I understand. <laughs> Sorry, John. Um, I understand. I understand, like, when you're watching a Christmas movie, it's, like, a silly, like, what's the most cliche thing that everyone would be dazzled by? Movie stars. I think maybe I don't like Hallmark things. That might be I my do. problem. I love Hallmark movies. It's my favorite. I, I'm not even too ashamed to say it. Listen, I, I listen to mean music and I like sweet movies. But I think I think watching Hallmark and reading the Hallmark equivalent are yeah. different because a Hallmark is a feel good movie, but it's not like a great movie. It's not like a life changing movie. And so the book form isn't. It's not going to do it the same because I'm always going to be like, God, the writing is shit because this isn't like. A great, amazing, not about this book, but like, it's well, like I've a novel. read some books. I've read some books that I felt were very well written and they were like Christmassy books that didn't have a super deep plot, but it wasn't, I wasn't caught off guard by the 85 characters and like beating me over the head with a the theme. Like, I yeah. think that there are some Christmas books that are really well, well written. <laughs> just isn't this one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did like this book. I did like this book. That was just a knock. Did you like to my nemesis, Maggie Knox? Yeah, I think I gave it like a three and a half star. I liked it more than you did. I know for a fact. Yeah. (laughs) I sometimes I nosedive like straight into being a hater. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's Um, self-aware. Renee is self-aware. A Christmas gift to all. I am so (laughs) self-aware. Did the characters seem believable to you, and did they remind you of anyone that you know? The characters did seem believable. I 100% know someone like Saima, who the world has to revolve around, or it's Meltdown City. I know several people like that. They're family members. They're not people I choose Choose. as friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And... There are times where they're asking or demanding something so unreasonable and they can't, they've got like the blinders on Mm -hmm. and they can't see past it. I thought that that was actually very believable. She was such a pain in the ass as a character, but she seemed so real to me. Miriam did not seem real to me. You know, like she just was so hot and cold. She was like flip floppy. She was like really funny or really mean. Or like thinking about her friend. But immediately mean to her friend the first thing she sees her. And so I kind of was like, you're not, it, it didn't read to me as like, 
you and I kind of roast each other. It's kind of our friendship. We like to be funny, but it's never like to hurt each other's feelings. I felt like if with, we were trying to hurt each other's feelings, we would not be doing this at this moment. Yeah, we cry so much. We cry all the time. <laughs> we are big criers and we're sensitive. But also, I mean, like when I was reading Miriam, sometimes when she would say something to Anna or sometimes when she would be talking to other characters, I would be like, that is a genuinely mean thing that you just or said. safe even. I was like. She was so mean to safe. And I'm like. You're doing a whole lot of talking and not a whole lot of listening because, like, I don't know. She was even, like, shitty to Farah, and she was, like, yeah. made she just made assumptions, and she listened to rumors about these people. She did give them a chance, and she immediately treated them like shit for it. And I was like, come on, Miriam. Like, I, I hear your inner monologue, and I'm having a hard time understanding why you're being so mean to these people, you know? Anna just seemed, like, not the smartest but sweet. Also know plenty of people like that. She's doing her best. She's grieving however she can. She's trying to like put things away. She's like trying not to think about Beth, her I did not need, this is not the question. I did not need her. (laughs) Um, I backpacked through Europe. Just kidding. I went to Paris and cried in a hotel room for a month. Uh, So I actually thought that that was kind of funny. Okay, so what Renee's talking about, one of the things that she had said was, like, she saved up all her money to go backpacking, and then she she couldn't, she got to Paris, she had, like, a mental breakdown, and stayed in her hotel room and couldn't leave. She couldn't leave the bed. She was, like, going through it in massive depression, depleted her savings, racked up credit card debt because of her depression. That, I don't know why that kind of endeared her to me, of just, like, like, okay, you have experienced, like, an actual life-changing depression you know what i mean where sometimes in books like this they talk about trauma and the trauma is that their parents got divorced when they were adults i'm like that's i'm sure that was hard for you but that is not enough to make me feel like you understand pain pain (laughs) um okay so i feel like my opinion of the book started to change as i was reading it how do you how do you feel about that like, yeah. how do you think yours changed as you were reading it? Yeah, my nose dove. Nose dived. <laughs> nose. Nose dove. Me, knees dived. Knees, um, knees dived. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in the beginning I was really loving it. And um, it's it got harder for me. It, it got harder for me. If this book was a movie, who would you cast? And you're so much better than me. So oh, I'm really excited to hear just oh, a couple. Okay. Not everybody. Okay, here's the thing. My Okay. <laughs> Words. Um I'm going to I'm going to give you a hot take here. Vanessa Hudgens as Sima. Oh, that's believable. Can't you see it? Yeah. You can see it, right? Cuz you know little, she she's a, she's a little bit mean. So she's a little bit mean. She's also the Hallmark movie. She's got a hundred Hallmark movies. Vanessa she, like, Hudgens. L- yeah. Oh yeah, she's in like the weird the the prince and the and then she's like the princess and then she's she's got a cousin and then all of a sudden there's five Vanessa Hudgens. Like she's kind of goofy like that. I could yeah, picture her I as Saima. She did all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I actually okay for safe. Gosh, this character. I'm gonna have to Google his name. But did you watch Ginny and Georgia by chance? Yes. Okay, you know the Indian man yep. who owned the coffee shop? Yep. He was safe in my mind. He was also safe in my mind. <gasps> really? Yes. 
Because oh, he was also in The Maid. Did you watch The Maid? No. On Netflix? Okay. Definitely put that on your your to-watch mm, list. It's very hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I was I, – no, thank you. It's hard, but it's it's a true story. The woman – the show was based on a book that a woman wrote about her life, and uh, I really want to read that book. But he also plays a very sympathetic, kind, warm, handsome love interest in that yeah. show as well. And so he kind of, for me, is like the Indian heartthrob that I'm going to picture. Um – Gosh, and you know who I was picturing as, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, um, Miriam and Saima's mom. I was picturing the mother from um, Never, Have, Never I Have I Ever. Ever. Yes. So, she's so beautiful. She's <laughs> she like is my beautiful. favorite woman. Oh my God, she's so beautiful. Um, I was just picturing like any old white girl for Anna. Any old white girl, blonde hair, any kind of whatever. Yeah, she was um, described as Barbie in the beginning. And so, but I did not picture Margot Robbie. Um, yeah, she was like brunette Barbie is what Miriam was like angrily calling her in her head. I don't know why I, I just pictured, pictured someone like, like, I don't know, skinny, skinny, like scary, skinny, like too, like very, very small. Like yeah, I pictured somebody woman. small. I saw the, I couldn't help picture, but picture Miriam as the author, Uzma. Because I, when I saw that, when I had the terrible revelation about Maggie Knox, I was like, well, let me see this other person just to make sure, she, you know, she's not tricking me too. Of course, she was beautiful. Yeah, she is. So gorgeous. And so I started picturing her as Miriam throughout the book, which actually made me like Miriam a little bit more. But um, I was just picturing her. I know I gave very few names, but I like that you know the actors and actresses I was talking about. Safe, safe for sure. That for exact, sure. And I think that's why I liked him. Probably <laughs> I know that actor is so good. We got to find other things that he's in. He's good. We love he's a sympathetic so man. Good. We love a sympathetic man. Can I say one plot point that I really like? Yeah. Okay. I liked that Anna has kind of a future now in set design and like kind of display coordinating. Mm-hmm. That is so niche. Like, I love that part. I, I loved, like, there's like a Hallmark movie about, I think they called it something like window dressing or something. And it was two display coordinators kind of competing and falling in love doing like window displays. As someone who's worked in fashion merchandising for the better part of my career, I just love seeing that because it just like makes me giddy. And I'm like, oh my God, I would love to do set design. I watched I like that that was her thing. A very long series of videos the last couple of days about the girl making the cherries for the anthropology um, holiday window display. Yes. And like started with foam boards. And I was just like, oh, I could do this. And I'm like, I just need like creativity and talent and 40 hours and supplies. You know, I interned as a uh, at anthropology to be a, like a display yes. coordinator person. Best time of my life. I recommend it to everybody. But I liked that Anna's thing, and I also liked her plot point where she was um, she was remembering how her and her stepmom used to watch like interior design shows, and they would flip a room in their house without spending any money. I like that too. And and it was like a game. What did they call it? Like no budget makeover no. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was something like that. I thought that, that those were really sweet, unique 
things to her. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, she just didn't want to be just a singer. You know, like, I I really like that. I like that too. Can we do window displays? Oh. Yes, it's 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 my favorite thing in the world. That's like what I want to do. I want to die doing that. Have you seen the um, big sax horoscope ones in New York City? Yes. Like on, oh, so cool. So cool. Would you recommend this book to someone? Yes, 100%. Who? I would recommend this to my friend Haley. Shout out to Haley. Love you, fit Haley. Um, I would recommend this to anybody who likes romance novels. You know, there are a lot of people who really like reading like romance books and like sweet books like this. Um, I would definitely recommend it as, you know, it has those pieces. We don't typically read books like that. You know what I mean? Like that's not something we do a ton of. But for someone who reads a lot of romance novels, I would definitely recommend this so they could like kind of get what they're looking for in the romance side, but also learn about Ramadan and Hanukkah a little bit more. Um, I would. Yeah. How about you? I recommended it to Mikkel before I finished it. (laughs) To take it back. (laughs) I might take it back. But when I sent it to her, she was on like a trip and she didn't have any service in her phone. And we've talked since then and she hasn't brought it up. So maybe the recommendation didn't go all the way through and I don't have to take it back. (laughs) Stop. No, I think that it's not the worst holiday book I've ever read. If anything, it's probably the holiday book that I've learned the most in. Yeah. Regardless of my kind of pain points with the plot. And I think that like we talked about this a little bit after reading Where You See Yourself by Claire Forrest of like if the if a book if a any kind of book changes how you like treat other people in any way or it changes like your amount of knowledge about something it did its job. Yeah. And I feel like this book definitely did that for me. I learned so much about Ramadan. I learned so much about Eid. I, I learned so much about the Muslim culture. And I have friends who are Muslim who um you know, it's not like I'm, I've never met a person, you know, in that culture and that faith. And so, I don't know, I feel like it really exposed me to uh, so much of the belief system and so much of the customs and so much of the holiday that I, I really like this book for that, if that makes sense. It was like a palatable way to learn a lot without reading a textbook. Yeah. You know? I agree. So I would recommend it for sure. And you said... If you were rating, are you rated it three and a half? Stars? Yeah, I'd give it a three and a half. I'd give it a three and a half. <laughs> she says reluctantly, twisting like, her ring frown, and rolling her eyes. <laughs> I'd give it a three. Okay. But that's, and that's not bad, though. Like, when I hate a book, I give it a one. No, this wasn't. This was no mommy. Um. <laughs> God. <laughs> we'll never, we'll never forget. <laughs> This is no bombing. <laughs> Listeners, guess what? Wait, can we talk about ourselves? Why not? I'm just asking. Yeah. Lindsay and I are going to hang out next week. This mm-hmm. week, technically. And um, I'm so excited. I could maybe cry. I know. I, I was telling John that I haven't seen you in person since the flood. And even still, it was like in a Planet Fitness parking lot for two seconds. And then before that, 
Lindsay and I have never been in the same room at the same time with just each other. I don't think. Yeah. No, so never. I was telling this to Haley the other day and she was like, there's no way. And I'm like, no, we've never like n- never. And she was like, no, I think that you're lying to me. Like she, no, she doubled down on like, this can't possibly be true. So I'm really excited. Yeah. And, um, they were going to be so hot and funny in person somewhere. Oh my God. We're going to be so hot. People are going to be like, who are the hot, are those the hottest people I've ever seen? Are the- <laughs> I was going to wear that fucking sweater that I dropped a meatball. <laughs> But I don't have time to remove the stain and pack it in my bag. Stop, girl. Just bring it. We've got dry cleaners. No, I can't. I cannot. I'm not bringing the meatball sweater. (laughs) That was your outfit. The outfit that we're going to wear to brunch is the only outfit I'm pre-planning. Slay. Christmas Day. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. It's interesting because we've known each other for so long and we just became friend friends. What's six months before starting the pod together but i feel like just something just a switch flipped overnight and we were friends it's called girl power it's called girls it's called chi whatever that that song was that's me singing that song i was that i was gonna sing to. it but it's i don't feel like anybody <laughs> <laughs> the blooper is just gonna be us trying to sing chi <laughs> the thing about me is i'm not musically inclined Oh my God. The thing about me is, yes, you are. Um, okay, we're so excited. That's why we are like giddy, laughing, and silly today because just we're going to see each other in like court. fucking three days. It's Where like we, we just go? got to get through the hard stuff. I don't know. Okay. We're just going to see each other and we're going to kiss probably. <laughs> called girl power. <laughs> we're just going to cry and kiss and hug and be like, okay, see you in 10 years. <laughs> No, you're coming in the summer. Yeah, I am. Got you a no con ticket. I know. I need to get a plane ticket. So that we can also cry together. Oh, yeah, girl. Just like we do every day. I love it. Um, So Dear Hank and John, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Hank Green and John Green, the Green Brothers, um, they live across the country from each other. And when they see each other during the holidays, they usually record – and in person, that, um, that Haley asked if we were gonna do that, and I was like, "No, we're going to brunch." And I was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I was like, well, "I don't want to work the first time we hang out in our life. I can't work. It's like my first date." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, Dylan, what if I get there and I like don't have anything to say?" <laughs> As if we're gonna be we. It's so funny. It's we're just so funny. Uh, yeah, me and Ray talk all day, every single day, and we have been that way for for so long now, and it's just really funny that we, like, do you remember that I'm tall? Do you know that about me, that I'm tall? No. See? Y'all shouldn't know that I'm tall. <laughs> Our listeners who have never met me are like, how how tall are you? <laughs> She's 6'4". <six>, <laughs> I am an Olympian gymnast. Are they tall? I don't know. Um, no, I think they're okay. short. This is this is us. This is it. This is the episode. Merry Christmas. Um, Merry happy holidays. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Um, that already happened. Um, uh, Merry Ramadan. You solstice. Solstice. You solstice. She says all all enthusiastically. You solstice. 
I went on like, a, um, a women's hike for the solstice, and we got to the oh. top, and this um, lady was like, I have a poem I'm going to read. And I was like, that's great, but if oh. everybody starts chanting, I'm going to leave. I'm out. If I, When everyone starts taking their clothes off, I'm out. If every, I, there was one bottle of wine for like 15 women, and that's not enough for me if y'all are going to start <laughs> doing that. Go. Oh, my God. You guys. Okay. If you don't hear from me and Renee, it's because we became too powerful when we spent time together in person. We and then we then we exploded like a star, like a sun in the sky. Um, and so did everyone around us. Sorry. We're just too powerful. Um, okay. We will talk to you guys when we talk to you guys. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All of those other holidays that are happening around this time, before and after. Uh, and you should follow us on Instagram at CrybabyBooksPod because we post funny stuff there and sometimes. If you have a book that you think we should read, send us an email at hi at crybabybooks.com or a message. Or if you if we know each other, you can text me. And if yeah, I, just text us. If my phone's not dead, then I'll touch you. <laughs> thanks for potting with me. And guys, thanks for listening. We will talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.